Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Hi, and welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. I'd like to welcome you here to the table right here in the beautiful Shale Studios. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bilotto, and we have a great show lined up for you today. Our guests today are going to be Wayne Christian and Gary Gates. They're two of the Republican candidates for the upcoming election for Texas Railroad Commissioner. And as always... We're going to have oil and gas trivia at the end of the show, so listen closely for your chance to win a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. Kim, we've got a lot on our plate today, so let's uh, welcome our first guest on the show, Wayne Christian. Welcome to In the Oil Patch. Hey, it's a great honor to be here, and I'm so honored and appreciative that you would uh, allow people to understand what the importance of this election really is. I couldn't agree with you more, but let's start with... Uh, Wayne, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, who you are, and then how did you stumble into saying, I want to run for being one of the three railroad commissioners? Well, real quickly, uh, of course, I grew up in a little town called Tinnyhawk, Texas, population 1,079, and uh, my mom and dad uh, were able to get in my 16th year of life of the Inco station in Tinnyhawk, Texas, and that's how I entered the oil and gas business, was uh, pumping gasoline and fixing flats and washing cars at a little Inco, Inco station, Highway 59, 86, and 94 in Deep East Texas. And from that, I really understood that that, that uh, job that mom and dad had of doing that was able to put me through college and give me every opportunity possible. And from that, I went into business myself. I've had literally seven businesses since I've started in life. I've been very blessed. My wife uh, manages a lot of our rental property we have, rent houses. That She was an interior design major at Stephen F. Austin, and so she fixes the houses up and, and uh, tries to get a little bit better uh, lifestyle for folks and renting the houses. Of course, my argument is she always spends more money fixing them up than the normal person would, and I make less profit on the rental houses, but that's her thing in life. But we've had that. I have a... Uh, We've been one of the nation's top uh, financial advising offices for Woodbury uh, in the United States two different times. And we've had an insurance agency and opened two real estate offices, among other things. So we're, we're working Americans. During that time, uh, my wife and I were involved in the church and different organizations with our three daughters. When you, when you start having these kids, you start getting more conservative about what's important. And raising our girls, we got involved in different events. And when Cecile, when Cecile Richards' mother, Anne, was governor, she tried to pass this act called Adolescence Pregnancy Prevention and Control. We got involved in fighting that. And from that, they asked me to run as a Republican from Deep East Texas. So I became the first Republican to the Texas legislature since Reconstruction. And this was back in 1996. And so I spent 14 years uh, my experience in the oil and gas industry, again, started from, from what was my roots. But whenever 150 representatives finally became Republican, and a Republican majority arrived for the first time since Reconstruction again, uh, Tom Craddock was the speaker. And the first Republican speaker, his hometown was Midland, Texas. Their number one industry was oil and gas. He thought enough of me to ask me be vice chairman of the Energy Committee at that time. So... I think that was a great honor out of 150 for 
Tom Craddock from Midland to ask me to be the vice chairman of regulated industries. And from that experience, I spent 14 years. I was uh, the only person in the contest that had direct oversight of the Railroad Commission. I'm the only candidate that has experience in standing up to Obama's EPA and fighting them on lots of issues and winning. I'm the only candidate with a record of standing up for private property rights, and I fought off even the Land Commission of Texas for private property rights for owners. And I have a 15-year record of slashing taxes and regulation and was named by the ALEC, American Legislative Exchange Conference of the United States, uh, as the legislator of the year, most conservative in the United States. So I'm the one person in this election that has an actual record of experience, business, legislature, and the reason I was called when Chairman Porter decided he would, was not going to run was because on the Thursday he announced he was not running, filing date was that upcoming Monday, and this is during the Christmas holidays. I had some friends call me and say, Wayne, we've looked over the slate of candidates. There is nobody with experience. There's nobody with a proven voting record for oil and gas like you. Uh, we need you because of sunset that will be occurring in this upcoming session and uh, it's too important to an ailing oil and gas energy industry to have inexperience uh, on the Railroad Commission during this vastly important sunset time. So that's basically why I'm running and uh, why I think it's important and I want to win. Wayne, what do you think are some of the greatest weaknesses at the Railroad Commission today and, and how do you plan to strengthen those weaknesses? Budgetary reasons are, are what government's about. Uh, our forefathers knew that in our Constitution, the one thing we go to Austin and pass is a budget. The Railroad Commission's greatest weakness right now is at a time of ailing industry. Their budget has been cut through the years, frankly, by some friends in years past that had used their seat on the Railroad Commission to run for higher office. And at times, they have cut the budget 20%, 25%, and over and above the amount reasonably needed to do the permitting process, to buy new computers and update the computers. And so through a combination of dollars being siphoned off to the general budget from the oil and gas industry who pays most of those costs and from commissioners in past years that tried to use the seat as a stepping stone to higher office, the budgets have been kind of raided at the Railroad Commission. And the biggest danger is in that condition, this next session we go into sunset which happens to every agency every 10 years. And this time, with the, with the industry as weak as it is economically, we will be open that they can amend and change and implement new rules, regulations, costs, environmental uh, uh, blockages to the production of oil and gas. And only in this next session is that really open to happen. If they're successful in limiting or increasing the cost of drilling or extending the, the time it takes to get permitting or letting the Sierra Club get their way to limit drilling, we will have to live with that almost a decade before it can be changed. And that can be totally destructive to 37% of our state budget. So those are the dangers I'm concerned about. Well, just jumping in, Wayne, real quick and just making sure that, um, that we're clear on while the Railroad Commission is the regulatory agency that governs the oil and gas um, industry, it also protects the public and make and, and actually makes sure it, it, and it makes sure the regulatory arm that um, 
it has an equal balance. Um, like David Porter loves to say, regulatory framework matters at the uh, you know Texas Railroad Commission. That being said, now that it's up for the sunset review and seeing that it's vulnerable to cuts in a huge state that primarily um, the majority of taxes that come from this exploration fund things like schools, um, law enforcement, EMS. Uh, there's so many funds that come into play that we think about just from day to day in our lives to think about that that could be cut and the amount of um, exposure that the Railroad Commission would have to, to covering the territory the, as big as Texas. It kind of seems alarming because how can you do more or manage the same amount with less. And so it's a very important topic that, that we know that we need to keep our eye on. So that being said, um, you know, I wanna just change gears a little bit and ask you, have you ever been in public office before? Well, yes, as I mentioned, I was the first Republican since Reconstruction, served there 14 years, was chairman of the Conservative Coalition, served on state affairs, served as vice chairman of the Energy Committee, which was regulatory industries at the time, before we split off to the PUC, the, the generation of uh, utilities. And so I've been through the good, bad, and ugly. I've served uh, on state affairs, ways and means, a calendars committee. I understand how Sunset works. I've been there, done that. And it's always amazing me, Kim, to uh, run for political office and people that had absolutely zero experience in this uh all of a sudden are qualified to take a state-level job versus somebody that's experienced. I know when I hire for my businesses, experience is very important, and the record of what they've done is very important in the past. And so that's why I think I am the candidate the only with the experience I've suggested before, and I think that should be a major consideration at a time you don't need to have a new person. Now, if it were a regular election, okay, there's always a learning curve for a new person. But there is no learning curve time here from the time January 1st, the legislature will go into session with Sunset about a week later, and you better be ready for the job. There is no learning time for a new person on this commission, and that's why I'm running. Wayne, that's very interesting, and I want to stay with that thought, but first we do need to take a break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey along with your host, Kim Bellotto. We'll be right back with Wayne Christian. Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here, just like I am every week in the oil patch, right alongside you, fighting for a strong, responsible, successful, and sustainable oil and gas industry right here in the great state of Texas. Both on this show and as a fleet specialist for the Caleb Auto Group, I get to keep a first-hand perspective on the hard work that goes into making this such a great industry. And trust me, I understand how important it is to maintain both your company's image, the reliability, and the integrity of your fleet and you can't break the bank doing it. So whether your fleet action plan requires leasing, buying outright, or something that falls kind of in between, I can help you. K-League Fleet Sales represents 11 brands and 16 stores that include Ford, Ram trucks, and Toyota trucks on the heavy-duty side, and Lincoln, Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, and Lexus on the luxury side. Hey, time is money, so our service departments offer pickup and delivery and rapid response to get you back on the road quickly. I would love the opportunity to help you keep your fleet plan rolling, so let's talk. Call me at area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can email me directly, abailey at kaligauto.com. 
That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig Auto, K A H L I G A U T O.com. Hey, make plans and be sure to join us at the Houston Energy Breakfast. It's going to be held March the 31st at the Norris Conference Center at City Center, and we're going to hear from Jonathan Lewis. He's the Senior VP at Halliburton, Michael Thomas, the COO of North American Gas at BP America, and R.T. Dukes, the Senior Research Director at Wood McKenzie. If you want to save a little on your registration, use the discount code SHALEMAG for $10 off at checkout. March the 31st at the Norris Conference Center at City Center. It's the Houston Energy Breakfast. We'll see you there. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. We are visiting with Wayne Christian, one of the candidates for Railroad Commission in the upcoming election. Kim? Let me ask you a question about uh, priorities. Tell me what your three top priorities would be at the RRC from day one if you were elected. First thing is going to be January 1st again, like I keep repeating myself, sunset. That only comes once, and we need to make sure that we protect the industry during sunset during the legislative session. Secondly, make sure that we adequately use or become more efficient with the dollars that we have so that we can decrease the permitting time process. That's harming our industry significantly. That includes such things as uh, updating our computer software, making sure that our computers are more efficient, making sure that the field team out in the different regions, such as the Midland office, the Kilgore office, these people become better trained and given authority to permit or inspect and do things that will decrease the time when people have to come from Austin to do the duties. We already have offices all over the state. Let's just make them more efficient, train up those employees, and get them to where they can more quickly implement the needed uh, inspections and permitting processes that currently are holding the industry. And third is just to make sure that we get educated information correct that we we run through proven scientific decisions any of these environmental concerns because as you have said all of us want to make sure that we don't create dangers that there's not problems created in the oil and gas business so third we need to make sure that we correctly identify but do not let uh, extremist environmental organizations just from uh, how they have successfully educated the public that oil and gas is an evil, dirty thing. It's not. It's a clean, well-regulated, professional industry, 
and we need to make sure it stays that way is point number three. But there's no doubt that the railroad commissioners do have a job to stand up for the public that has elected them. Unlike the PUC or the Real Estate Commission or, any, or many of the other commissions, they are appointed by the governor, so they're not directly accountable to the public. Railroad commissioners are. The public elected us, so we need to go and defend before the legislature those property rights, uh, those uh, ordinances of uh, restrictions for right-of-ways, etc., and to make sure that the legislature is made aware and uh, respectfully approached whenever those uh, permitting uh, fees are, are implemented and right-of-ways and the royalties. Uh, they made a decision last session, as you're well aware, that basically if it's above ground, the cities and municipalities or counties can have authority over it. If it's underneath the ground, basically that's where the Railroad Commission has the authority. So with that in mind, that is the current roadmap that was uh, given the Railroad Commission in the last legislative session, and we'll see how that works in the future. And if it's not the way that's benefiting the citizens, then the Railroad Commission needs to work with the legislature to make sure the citizens' rights are better respected and implemented. Wayne Christian, before we close up here, take a moment to explain to our friends in the Midland-Odessa area in Houston and San Antonio Corpus and Austin, why should they vote for you next Tuesday to be on the ballot as as the Republican candidate for the Texas Railroad Commission? Well, the reason I think they should is because oil and gas industry in Texas is more important than most citizens realize. Barack Obama's economy the past Uh, seven years would have been a negative each year were it not for the state of Texas alone. The state of Texas would not have a positive economic record the past decade had it not been for oil and gas. Oil and gas is what, and minerals are what makes Texas uh, different from every other state in the union. I might be wrong, but I think we're number, if Texas were economically go by itself, we'd be the ninth largest economy on planet Earth just the state of Texas. And that's a responsibility God has given us that we need to protect and watch over. And I honestly believe somebody that uh, is stepping into that role is so important, not just to oil and gas jobs, not just oil and gas companies. We're talking about 40% of the school budgets, of the roads and bridges, of the law enforcement, of every part of government. Then beyond that, the jobs that moms and dads have to raise their families and to go to restaurants, to go to Walmarts, to go to the local uh, grocery store. Those dollars, almost half of them, a good third at least, in the state of Texas to every family comes from oil and gas. I am the one person and alone one person that is experienced and has a proven record of protecting the citizens and watching over the Railroad Commission through my legislative service. It is too important to have an inexperienced new person step into this role at this time when the industry is being financially uh, shortfall because of oil and gas prices, and secondly, at a time that the environmental organizations are descending upon us at a time of sunset, again, that they can do permanent damage to the production of oil and gas, which is food on the tables of citizens all over the state. I'm the only person that's been there with a record that has performed to uh, protect the citizens with the Railroad Commission. Well, Wayne, uh, again, it's Wayne Christian that we're interviewing. He is running for the Texas Railroad Commission, the regulatory agency that oversees the oil and gas industry. Wayne, I'd like to thank you for considering running for the Railroad Commission. You know, public service is a 
place where it's very hard to understand why individuals run. You have to really be committed. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into being a public servant and running an election and being a part of the legislators. So thank you for being our guest today. Uh, we really enjoyed hearing what you had to say, and we wish you uh, good luck uh, on Tuesday. And just let me let me mention, if anybody would like to know more about uh, me and my campaign, just go to ChristianForTexas.com. That's ChristianForTexas.com. And Wayne, once again, thank you for joining us, and good luck to you in the upcoming election. We'll be right back with more visiting with Gary Gates next on In the Oil Patch. Amerijet's global cargo shipping and freight forwarding network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. Shipping manufactured oversized parts, oil and gas field equipment, or supplies domestically or internationally? Amerijet is your full-service multimodal transportation and logistics provider, offering domestic and international scheduled all-cargo transport via land, sea, and air. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S., with more than 625 destinations worldwide, providing global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Our 40-plus years of experience in the energy industry will help drive your excellent performance. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. From oversized hazardous materials, which include oil and lubricants and heavy weight cargo, to your chosen destination. For on-time delivery, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 844-651-7956. Once again, that's 844-651-7956. Or visit us at Amerijet.com. Ever feel like you've hit a wall with your business? Like you haven't been able to turn the corner on a new avenue for your company? Well, Turning Point Strategies is here to help. Turning Point Strategies is for those startup companies or companies that have been doing very well, but maybe want to move to the next level or are at a turning point. They're looking to think outside the box and that's where we come in. We provide those different strategies to help them turn the corner at that point where they need consulting services. At Turning Point Strategies, we can not only help you turn the corner, we will give you insight on how to prevent yourself from hitting another plateau. We have helped a lot of different companies at many different levels succeed. Call us today at 210-227-5678. Again, that number is 210-227-5678. And visit our website, turningpointstrategies.com. Again, that's turningpointstrategies.com. Are you at your turning point? Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities, where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. In studio with us now, running for the Texas Railroad Commission, Republican candidate Gary Gates. Kim? Well, you know, Alvin, um, this is a, an important topic. The next railroad commissioner that gets elected by the citizens of Texas uh, really has to be aware of both sides of the spectrum, one being they regulate the oil and gas industry, uh, and they also uh, protect the citizens of Texas. So knowing who are running for this very specific and important position is important to us all. And so we're very happy that we have Gary Gates, who is running for the Texas Railroad Commission, agree to come on today. And Gary, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your history and how you are uh, wanting to run for office. Okay, well, thank you, Kim. Appreciate this opportunity to come visit with you all for a little bit. Uh, I live down in Fort Bend County, where we have just southwest of Houston a little bit. I uh, have a cow ranch operation there. 
My wife and I, Melissa, we've been married for 34 years. Uh, while I have many investments in numerous oil and gas uh, companies and even have uh, a gas well on my property, my main business, when I was 19, I began buying uh, single-family homes. And in 1986, I moved to the Houston area with two kids and bought an 80-unit complex and started my company with two employees. Today, that's grown about 4,300 apartments and 300-plus employees. Uh, as my business grew, my family grew. After a couple miscarriages, we uh, began adoption, and by 1997, my wife and I had a total of 13 kids, of which 11 of them were adopted. What kind of got me involved in politics and fighting the overreach of government uh, is a little story that uh, involves one of our kids that we adopted from uh, CPS that had some behavioral problems. Uh, he would steal things from other kids at school, mainly food items. We were trying to break him of this habit, and one day... We took some wrappers from some cookies he had stolen, put them in a plastic bag, and put it on his shirt, sent him off to school with a two-page note explaining why we were trying this particular technique. If anyone have a problem, give us a call. Instead of calling us, they uh, called CPS, and they used some hot language like religious family, sent CPS that day, going to school, pulling our kids out of school, went into our house without us being there. One of the kids called me. Uh, I showed up on the scene, and deputies kept us from going in the house. And at the end of that evening, on a Friday, February 11, 2000, um, they removed all 13 of our kids. Wow. Now, that showed me what the overreach of government can be at times. Monday morning, we went to an emergency hearing. Court ordered me the return of all of our kids, but ordered a home study to be done. And when that study was completed, it concluded, you know, I admired the Gates, and I wouldn't hesitate to place my own kids in their care. Well, CPS dismissed their case after that, but that's when a passion woke in me to fight back against the overreach of government. We sued the state of Texas, took seven years, went all the way to the Fifth Circuit right below the U.S. Supreme Court, and they ruled in our favor and said the Fourth Amendment did apply. Now that case has become the leading case throughout the United States, cited in over 300 federal cases in dealing with constitutional rights and, and social workers. But that's when a passion woke in me to get more involved in politics and fighting the overreach of government, not just in our families, but in our business. I see that in my business. And I see that in the oil and natural gas industry. And so what I, the reason I'm running for railroad commission is because I believe it needs a person, especially with the challenges it's facing today and the drop in commodity prices. It needs someone with a business acumen to deal with some of the biggest challenges this industry is facing and so uh, and I believe I'm the only candidate in this race that has a proven track record of growing businesses. The oil and gas industry in Texas certainly is, is facing some challenges, but wouldn't you agree that there's some great opportunities ahead of us in the oil and gas industry, not only for Texas, but for America? Yes. You know, the, uh, with what's been developing in, in the shell production uh, here in Texas, you know, we're a world leader in developing that technology. But... And this drop in commodity prices, this is the time, it's just like in my business, during, I've grown the most, in, during the most difficult times. That's when you create the businesses that have the strengths to be able to survive in the good times. And that's what you're going to find out in the oil and, and gas industry. I mean, I really empathize with what's going on in this industry right now. But your strongest players of the moral are going to be developed by what's happening now. You know, Warren Buffett has a saying, you know, a rising tide floats all boats, and when the tide runs out, that's when we find out who's standing on shore with a bathing suit or not. And unfortunately, there's going to be some very difficult times for some companies, uh, and, but there's also going to be some great opportunities to begin developing for the future because the industry will come back, and it's, that's the way it's been in my business, and that's the way it's been in this business.
Now, Gary, I do want you to stay with that thought, but first we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey along with your host, Kim Bellotto. We'll be right back. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto, and our special guest in studio running for the Texas Railroad Commission, Gary Gates. Kim? I want to go back to um, what you had said earlier about there is a potential cut at the Texas Railroad Commission as opposed to an increase. And I, I do also, I am aware that the Sunset Review is also reviewing the Texas Railroad Commission as well. That being said, um, you would think that we would have an increase as opposed to a decrease in this very, very specific area because of how large the state of Texas is and how much the Texas Railroad Commission is responsible for reviewing. As you mentioned, it's not just injectable wells and plugging wells. It's, it's also licensing there's propane, there's natural gas. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on of how important this regulatory agency is. So tell me a little bit about what your years in oil and gas and uh, what it's like to be a mineral right owner. I've been involved in the development of our own minerals uh, for about the last four years um, when we had a gas well developed out there. And then I have some other property we're in negotiating right now for some further development of, of uh, mineral rights. But I've had probably for the last 20 years numerous investments in a lot of uh, different oil-related companies from uh, upstream, midstream, and downstream companies. And so I've been very heavily involved and understand how each of them are affected uh, by the different um, when commodity prices. Some are hurt faster than others. And uh, so I understand what the industry is, is kind of facing right now. You know, right now you have, of course, on the production side is, is just being decimated right now as we speak. But uh, the you know the midstream companies are going to be hurting because if we really do have, you look at the number of pipelines and the amount of uh, volume of uh, oil and natural gas that goes through there, and if there is really a, a cut in production, you can't just shut down those pipelines. You know, you, because you got a lot of infrastructure in there, and that's one of the things in my business. When I have difficult times, I can't just shut things down. Because the fastest way things will deteriorate if it's not being used. You know, a boat or a car will deteriorate faster if it's just sitting there rather than when it's being used. And we have a lot of the infrastructure, and this is one thing that concerns me, the infrastructure of what we have built over this uh, last four or five years here in the oil and gas industry is going to be greatly affected. You know, not only the infrastructure itself, but the companies and all the companies, the infrastructure in those are going to be gone and that's going to hurt us and being able for our recovery and you've got to be preparing for the future at the time even during these difficult times 
couple of things that you had mentioned about the the name change. Uh, I know out there on the campaign trail, uh, when you're talking to the typical, because I am running in the Republican primary, uh, one of the things that they always ask is, Gary, you got my vote, but explain to me what the Railroad Commission is. And oh, yes. Even on my, uh, you know, we've got this high-speed rail being developed, promoted from Dallas to Houston, and you wouldn't believe on my social media how many times I'm asked, what can you do about this high-speed rail? And we're having to tell them that's not what we're talking about. So that's one reason that I have been a proponent of a name change, even though the Railroad Commission has a lot of history behind it. And I can see why the industry is resistant to that. But part of gaining the confidence of the public is you got to have transparency. You know, if the public doesn't know where they're supposed to go, because I can tell you that most of the public doesn't know that you got to call the Railroad Commission for oil and natural gas uh, questions. And so I think that's just all part of trying to make it more transparent. I proposed a Texas Energy Commission, but, you know, it doesn't sound as powerful as a railroad commission, you know, with the locomotives. So even I have some hesitancy on that. One of the things that you mentioned is, you know, about cutting the agency when maybe it should be growing. One of the frustrating things in my business is, you know, when I put a 10, 20, 30-man construction crew on a project and we had to pull a permit in the city because of their backlogs, don't send an inspector out, it shuts down my whole operation while we're waiting around for some little inspection. I understand how that can just gum up the whole process and gets very costly. You know, where do you go put 30, 40 guys? Well, this is what happens in the oil and natural gas industry. You know, when they're out there, if it takes six months to get a permit, you know, it takes uh, anywhere from five to eight million dollars to drill a well. With all, you know, you don't just turn that on a dime. You've got to be able to get your permits quickly. And then, when they're done with that, and they do the completion report so they can begin to do the production. If it takes six months, you can't just everyone just sit on the side. That's why the railroad commission sort of looked the other way and allowed some production, even though you didn't have your completion reports done. Well, I want to make sure that during the good times that you have the staff. Obviously, they didn't have the staff to be able to handle it during the good times. So you need some growth in that area um, because it will hurt us economically if businesses cannot get those permits in a rapid fashion. Um, and so that uh, is a concern. You don't just cut, but also be prepared for the future. There's a lot that can be done at the Railroad Commission to make it bring it more in tune. A lot of their technology is not quite up to the standard that a lot of these big oil and natural gas industries can operate that. I see that. One thing that makes me efficient in my business is using the you know the tools of today and technology to help provide efficiency. And many of the oil companies, they've implemented that, but the Railroad Commission itself has not. Because I think part of the reason is because you don't have a business person there to really be able to lead and direct about why that is so critical that you be up there on the same level as in, in efficiency and technology as the industry itself. Now, Gary, I do want you to stay with that thought, but first, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here, just like I am every week in the oil patch, right alongside you, fighting for a strong, responsible, successful, and sustainable oil and gas industry right here in the great state of Texas. Both on this show and as a fleet specialist for the Caleb Auto Group, I get to keep a first-hand perspective on the hard work that goes into making this such a great industry. And trust me, I understand how important it is to maintain both your company's image, the reliability, and the integrity of your fleet. And you can't break the bank doing it. So whether your fleet action plan requires leasing, buying outright, or something that falls kind of in between, I can help you. 
K-League Fleet Sales represents 11 brands and 16 stores that include Ford, Ram trucks, and Toyota trucks on the heavy-duty side, and Lincoln, Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, and Lexus on the luxury side. Hey, time is money, so our service departments offer pickup and delivery and rapid response to get you back on the road quickly. I would love the opportunity to help you keep your fleet plan rolling, so let's talk. Call me at area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can email me directly, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kaligauto, K-A-H-L-I-G-A-U-T-O.com. Ever feel like you've hit a wall with your business? Like you haven't been able to turn the corner on a new avenue for your company? Well, Turning Point Strategies is here to help. Turning Point Strategies is for those startup companies or companies that have been doing very well, but maybe want to move to the next level or are at a turning point. They're looking to think outside the box, and that's where we come in. We provide those different strategies to help them turn the corner at that point where they need consulting services. At Turning Point Strategies, we can not only help you turn the corner, we will give you insight on how to prevent yourself from hitting another plateau. We have helped a lot of different companies at many different levels succeed. Call us today at 210-227-5678. Again, that number is 210-227-5678. And visit our website, turningpointstrategies.com. Again, that's turningpointstrategies.com. Are you at your turning point? Hey, make plans and be sure to join us at the Houston Energy Breakfast. It's going to be held March the 31st at the Norris Conference Center at City Center, and we're going to hear from Jonathan Lewis. He's the Senior VP at Halliburton, Michael Thomas, the COO of North American Gas at BP America, and R.T. Dukes, the Senior Research Director at Wood McKenzie. If you want to save a little on your registration, use the discount code SHALEMAG for $10 off at checkout. March the 31st at the Norris Conference Center at City Center. It's the Houston Energy Breakfast. We'll see you there. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey along with your host, Kim Bellotto, and our special guest in studio running for the Texas Railroad Commission, Gary Gates. Kim? Having experience um, in, in different areas, what do you think is the greatest area in the weakness in the RRC that you've identified? And then how are your plans to strengthen them? Um, what do you see really needs to be tackled from the uh, Texas Railroad Commission right now? Right now, because you know, that's an important question is right now, because what this industry is facing, especially the Railroad Commission, is because 85% of its funding that operates the Railroad Commission comes from the fees from the industry, about 85%. Those fees have dropped, and this agency is facing about a, anywhere from a 20 to 30% reduction in its income. So how is it going to be able to navigate when you have that drop of an income but still be able to provide all the services that are very important, not only for the growth of the industry but just maintaining the inspections that need to happen and the uh, pipelines and, and what production there is going out there. In fact, a new executive director who was just appointed in January, or she started serving, in her first interview, that's one of the things that she talked about was how are we going to get through this crisis. And so that's going to be probably the biggest challenge because you, you can't sit here – this isn't an agency that you can just think right off the bat, 750 employees will cut 10 or 20 percent because the vast majority of these uh, employees deal with ongoing inspections that are needed. Uh, right. While you might have a reduction on the production side and the need for people to uh, approve those permits, during the good times, we were six months behind in approving drilling permits and completion reports. So right now, we're just now beginning to catch up. There's a lot of other things this agency deals with, plugging old wells that need to still continue. 
So how are we going to be able to navigate that budget reduction? The other big thing is uh, trying to deal with, you know, here last year and last session, you know, the city of Denton, because of concern of the uh, hydraulic fracking that was beginning to happen within their city limits, instead of the Railroad Commission not being able to give them what they felt was comfort level, they decided on their own to go develop ordinances that began to limit the amount of drilling that could go on inside, and many from fracking inside their city limits. The concern with this is that, just like in my business, I operate in six different cities, and one of the things that's very costly is having to deal with all these city ordinances. And the industry would have been facing a lot of difficulties if every city could start implementing different ordinances and dealing with different phases of drilling. And so the legislature passed House Bill 40, which was to take that authority away from the local governments and give it totally within the uh, purview of the Railroad Commission. And that's going to be important because one of the things this session, what you're starting to see this year, especially with what you hear in, in Oklahoma, is all the seismic activity that's going on. Well, there's going to be, you know, what's happening in the city of Denton, they really responded out of, out of uh, emotions and not dealing with facts and science. And that's what the Railroad Commission, it's important that they remain the sole governing authority for these type of decisions because they've got the expertise. And what we don't want to happen with all the seismic activity that you hear about in Oklahoma is cities wanting to pass ordinances to deal with that and when they don't have the proper uh, data to make those kind of decisions. And so I want to see the Railroad Commission do a better job in gaining the trust of the public that, hey – the railroad commission is where you go to to get uh, to make these type of important decisions because the railroad commission is going to do it based off facts and science and not let the emotions drive the debate. You know, Gary, that's so true. And what I saw in response from the railroad commission was two things. One, uh, the Texas legislator gave money to study this, and the Texas Railroad Commission also hired a seismologist to review the data. So. They wanted the public to see that there is a great deal of concern coming out of this regulatory agency and that they were prepared to find out what was causing this. Gary, if elected, there's two other railroad commissioners. There's Commissioner Craddock and Commissioner Ryan Sitton. What is the first what's, – what's number one on the agenda for the very first meeting for Gary Gates? What what I hope to do, and I have reached out to even former railroad commissioners, and, and I've developed quite a, I think, a relationship with Ryan Sitton, so we've been communicating uh, quite a bit, because if I can get past the March primaries, and I don't want to wait till in January, while even though there will still be an election in November, um, I'm trying to really understand the issues and work with the current commissioners to come up and addressing it like this. Uh, I talked about the worldwide glut, you know, should Texas have have a voice and want to try addressing those things. Uh, you mentioned sunset review. This is going to be very important. You know, in our campaign, we've been endorsed by 12 House members, and including chairmen of various committees and natural resources. And, and having those relationships with the legislature is going to be very important to help get this agency through the uh, sunset review. It's failed the last two. One of my goals is, is to communicate once these primaries are over with those important people that are going to be part of that sunset review and get the issues worked out now with the, so that it's done at the beginning of the session so that we can then focus on the more other critical issues. And it's going to be important, you know, 
to do that before the session. So working on the sunset review, trying to work with the representatives on how we're going to do the funding for this agency, those are the things I want to do even before getting elected. Now, I still had to win in the November election, but in Texas, uh, hopefully, you know, Republicans seem to tend to win the statewide offices, and so I think it will give me a little bit of an opportunity to start communicating uh, with solutions. Well, Gary, I, I do want to say that um, after having a good interview with you, you are very knowledgeable in many of the topics that are absolutely necessary to hit the ground running should you be elected. That's important. Uh, this agency is important, and having somebody who has a good understanding uh, that can hit the ground running will be important. Is there anything that you'd like to say in closing uh, to our listeners? Well, I appreciate you know, when, like I said, the the best thing that I bring is that business acumen. I got 300 employees. You know, I'm not a, a geologist and I'm not an engineer, but in my company, I have attorneys and CPAs and engineers that work for me. The thing is, though, is it takes my business acumen to be able to create the company and to be able to grow and be able to lead. And that's what I want to be here and working with the many fine 750 employees that are made up of engineers and geologists. And But I think I can provide leadership in that agency to help be able to deal with the challenges that are coming up. Well, thank you, Gary, for uh for being on the show today and talking to us about why you want to be uh, a Texas Railroad Commissioner. Once again, it's Gary Gates. And give us your website so our listeners can go to if they uh, would like to learn more or volunteer for your campaign. Yes, uh, it's called GaryGatesForTexas.com. Kim, what a great show today, and this is going to be such an important election. Gary Gates and Wayne Christian, thank you, gentlemen, once again, and congratulations, because I think you're going to get to be the topic of today's oil and gas trivia question. If you're the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shalemag.com, you'll win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. That's right, Alvin. Here is today's trivia question, and it's a tough one. What is the agency which regulates the oil and gas industry in Texas? Please email your response to radio at shalemag.com. That's radio at shalemag.com. The first correct email wins a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. And with that, Kim, we do need to take a quick break. We'll be right back with In the Oil Patch right after this. Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities, where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. Hey, make plans and be sure to join us at the Houston Energy Breakfast. It's going to be held March the 31st at the Norris Conference Center at City Center, and we're going to hear from Jonathan Lewis. He's the senior VP at Halliburton, Michael Thomas, the COO of North American Gas at BP America, and R.T. Dukes, the senior research director at Wood McKenzie. If you want to save a little on your registration, use the discount code SHALEMAG for $10 off at checkout. March the 31st at the Norris Conference Center at City Center. It's the Houston Energy Breakfast. We'll see you there. And we're back. Catherine Stokes is the executive director for the West Texas 
Energy Consortium. And um, we're glad that you could join us this week again. Um, just for our listeners, you will be joining us every week as a correspondent, helping us uh, stay abreast of what's happening out in the Midland, Odessa area and the Permian Basin area. So thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much, Kim. So, Catherine, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, what's going on in your area with the, the West Texas Energy Consortium and some events that are coming. What do you see coming down the pike? Well, we've looked around, and, and we want to make sure that we open up our um, avenues and promote um, events that are um, furthering education, furthering community support and collaborative efforts. Um, and some of the events we try to help with, others we facilitate and others you know we because we've worked with these folks in the past we definitely want to um, promote some really really good projects that we know that they're working on so we have a, we have a lot of good things going on over in the Permian and in Concho Valley and a couple of things going on over here in West Central as well okay fabulous and and you all are a membership organization correct we are um, we have a lot of friends that come and visit us and and um, ask us for information or they might come up um, come up and join us in meetings and then we have other members that we work on projects for based on their memberships or um, private funding that they give us and we work on projects that uh, help their community and build some collaborative effort amongst community members and our education partners and our business partners as well. And there are a couple of core areas that you focus on like workforce and what are those different core areas that you're really deeply engaged in? The heart of our projects focus on our education and workforce piece. Um, the the summit that we have coming up in August is looking at that, you know, engaging our youth and engaging our adult population, looking at those education pieces, and ultimately looking at employment for the future. And so we want to bring our educators together, our community and civic leaders, our legislators, and our, our business folks and economic development into one room. and bring them in, into different meetings, uh, discussions where they can actually start to collaborate on projects, programs, and improve areas that are really, really good, but based on um, historical data or based on projections that we're seeing. There may, may need to be some changes. There may need to be some improvements in other areas just to get those folks talking and then opening up doors and trying to bring in other activities and other things that have not been common out here in the West Texas area um, that are more common along the I-35 corridor and, and on down to Houston that we want to try to bring some of those out to our youth, especially out in our rural communities, so that they get a full spectrum of all the things that they could achieve here in rural West Texas and beyond and bring some of those resources out to them. Very, very important mission that you guys are doing. So tell us about some of the events that are coming in your area. Um, out in the Permian, we still have, I'll, I'll um, go over it again, we have the Mad Scientist Family Science Night. That's going to be, um, it's sponsored by Chevron, but it's being hosted out at the Permian Basin Petroleum Museum March 3rd. That's just coming up in, in a couple of weeks here. It's from 6 to 8 at night, and it's free admission, and, and that's for um, kiddos and parents. Then okay. Chevron, you know, a, a lot of those, a lot of the companies out here, and a lot of the businesses have been really good to sponsor family events that will not only engage um, our youth and our college-age students, but that will also get mom and dad or guardian involved. Because you know, sometimes there's just there's a lot of questions there that maybe kids either are afraid to ask or they don't know the questions to ask. But maybe mom and dad or grandparent or guardian, because they're familiar with 
all the careers that are um, in the STEM realm and um, supporting services, they might have a little bit more background and information on. And we just want that to be a, a fun time for the students and for the families that are there and for um, the Permian Basin Petroleum Museum to be able to show off their new renovations and their, their new facility. It looks great. Fabulous. And it is. It's beautifully remodeled. So Family Science Night, March 3rd, 6 to 8 p.m. out at the Petroleum Museum. Uh, what other events are out there in your area? Um, another one that we have coming up is going to be a regional career exploration event. It's going to be um, hosted by the Permian Basin Workforce Board. They are putting that together um, for uh, not just our Ector County and, and Midland County youth, but they've also reached out to a, a lot of the rural communities surrounding Midland and Odessa area. That will focus on our 8th through 12th graders. That's going to be Tuesday, May 17th. It's going to run all um, school day from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And this career event is going to do a lot of exploration, a lot of hands-on for um, kids to actually look at all kinds of STEM fields, whether it's focused anywhere in the energy field, whether it's oil and gas, solar, um, wind, uh, computer development, networking, um, a lot of healthcare, just anything focused in that science, technology, engineering, and mathematics field. And then they'll also look at some other um, careers that are available because we have a lot of students that they, you know, they want to be involved in the arts and um, theater and some other activities that aren't necessarily directly associated to STEM or to the energy field. And they're also looking for um, any kind of exhibitors that would be open to bringing a lot of hands-on or any kind of simulators out. They're going to host that event out at the hangar, the um, High Sky Wing Commemorative Air Force hangar in the community center. Again, that's going to be May 17th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and the contact person for that, her name is Rosemary Casas at 432-563-5239. Or you can contact me at the consortium at www.wtxec.org, and I can connect you with Rosemary. So that program sounds very well-rounded in the way of looking at different types of careers, but also so they're still looking for vendors. Well, And, you know, our schools have always done a really good job of hosting their own in-house, or you might have a couple of schools get together and, and host a career fair. What had been hard was bringing those exhibitors, because a lot of them, it you know, it takes a lot to try to make the rounds. And it was that same way here in West Central. We're starting on our second year of doing large regional events where you might have, you know, close to 2,000 students coming during the day. And it seems that it has been much better received from the schools, the students, the parents, and the exhibitors love it because they, they're able to come to one event and they can touch a huge number of students. And it's also cheaper for them because some of our smaller or mid-sized businesses, you know, um, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to do business. So they can't, take off, you know, once a week to go to every one of the school fairs. And so uh, Permian Basin has decided that they wanted to do a, a regional career exploration event that might open some doors to um, a larger crowd. Well, so it's Rosemary um, to yes. get a hold of at 432-563-5239. Yes, ma'am. Well, tell me a little bit about the scholarship golf tournament that's going to be hosted by a couple of nonprofits. Um, we have a golf tournament coming up May 10th in Abilene, 
and it is this will be the 17th year for it. It is um, hosted by the Abilene Geological Society and the Desk and Derrick Club of Abilene. This is a golf tournament where our energy sector, whether they're oil and gas, uh, wind energy, solar, um, bankers, insurance folks, you know, pipe guys, just anybody you could think of, healthcare is involved in in this golf tournament. And all the proceeds from that golf tournament um, go to support scholarships for um, high school students going into college and um, helping those uh, adult um, students who are having a hard time finishing college and they're just right there, especially with uh, some of those degrees, and it might help with some of those expenses there. So as I get more information on that, we're encouraging everybody to come out. They always have a good time. They're looking to change things up this year and bring some new activities in. Um, they'll have uh, – it'll be out the Diamondback Golf Club on May 10th, and I can get you contact information as soon as they give me a contact person. Um, in the meantime, uh, folks are welcome to go to the website, to our website, um, www.wtxec.org, and I'll have, I'll keep filling in information as registration opens and as we um, get closer to the event, I'll share more information about um, who will be there. We're hoping that they'll have a, a celebrity golfer there for us. It sounds like another great event. So uh, are there any other areas that we have missed? What about veterans? Is there anything going on in the veterans area? You know, there are several um, higher events going on on veterans. And the one thing I would tell all the listeners is that, especially if they're veterans or if they know a veteran's looking for possible job training or hiring events, is to always go to their um, local workforce board. There's the Permian Basin Workforce Board. There is Concho Valley and West Central Texas Workforce Boards. I know we have some listeners that are kind of on the, this bottom part of South Plains, but those workforce boards always work very well with the Veterans um, Commission and with TWC, and they usually always have some special hiring events, and I know each one of those workforce boards are have reworked or are reworking their website so that um, a lot more of that hiring information comes through. So I would encourage any vets to, um, to go visit there first, visit their Veterans Commission on the web, or, you know, actually just call each one of those workforce boards and they can direct you to um, the hiring events that they'll have. Fantastic. Well, Catherine, once again, what a great recap for the week of what's going on in your area. And we look forward to next week when you come back on and tell us all the events that are going on in the Permian Basin region. Thank you so much, and until next week, we look forward to speaking with you again. Thanks so much, Kim. Well, Kim, that's going to wrap us up for another week of In the Oil Patch. Be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And check out the website, shalemag.com. Until next week, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.